Good evening. Welcome to Nighttime. I'm Dave Wager, your host, and for the next half hour, hopefully we can unscramble our minds from the busy day that we found ourselves today. I think it's important that at the end of the day you think things through. Calmly allow God and His Spirit to speak to your heart about what's true and right and honorable. It's important to think through things before you go to sleep that are true and right and put your trust in Almighty God who loves you, gave his son for you, and is ready to guide and direct you. I hope that's what your plan is tonight. I'm Dave Wager here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolet Bible Institute, and this is a podcast we call Nighttime. You know, I like to read books by old authors, and one of my favorites is A Christian in Complete Armor by William Grinnell. As I was reading some of his writings, I came across him talking about the idea that we wrestle, that the spiritual battle that we have is really a wrestling match between you, me, and Satan. Not between you and me, but between you and Satan and me and Satan. Ephesians 6.12 tells us that. And what William says is the Christian state in his life is set out by the word wrestling. The wrestling or conflicting state of a Christian in this life is rendered observable here by a threefold circumstance. First, the sharpness of the combat. Second, the universality of the combat. And third, the permanency of the combat. The idea of being wrestled is interesting to me. I was not one who liked wrestling when I was in high school. I tried it for a while, but I didn't really find any pleasure in having somebody try and push my face down in the mat. I guess I don't find any pleasure in knowing that Satan is trying to get me too, but thinking about the idea of being wrestled means that Satan is close, that he knows what I'm up to, that he watches my moves, and he's trying to get me in a counter move. If you've ever wrestled, you realize that that's what's going on. You're constantly evaluating your opponent to see what move they're making on you, and you're thinking what you could do to counter it and eventually give them that fatal move that will pin them to the carpet. William Grinnell says, First, the sharpness of the combat, the kind of combat which the Christian state here is a phase translated, we wrestle which, though it be used sometimes for a wrestling of sport and recreation, yet here, to set out a sharpness of the Christian encounter, there are two things in wrestling that render the sharper combat than others. First, it's a single combat. Wrestling is not properly fighting against a multitude, but when one enemy signals out another and enters the list with him, each exerting their whole force and strength against one another, as David and Goliath, when the whole army stood as it was in a ring to behold the bloody issue of that duel. Now this is more fierce than to fight in any army, where though the battle be sharp and long, the soldier is not always engaged, but falls off when he is discharged, takes a breath a while. Yea, possibly may escape without hurt or stroke, because there is an enemy's aim that's not at this or that man, but at the whole heap. 
In wrestling, however, one cannot escape so. He, being a particular object of the enemy's fury, must needs be shaken and tried to purpose. Indeed, the word wrestling signifies such strife as it makes the body shake again. Satan has not only general malice against the army of the saints, but a spite against thee. He will single thee out for his enemy. We find Jacob, when alone, a man wrestled with him, as God delights to have private communion with his single saints, so the devil, to try it hand to hand with Christians when he gets them alone. As we lose much comfort when we do not apply the promise and the provision of God to our particular persons and conditions. God loves me, pardons me, takes care of me. The water at the town conduit doth me no good if I want a pipe to empty into my cistern. So it obstructs our care and watchfulness when we conceive of Satan's wrath and fury as bent in general against the saints and not against me in particular. Oh, how careful would be a soul to be in duty if, as going to church or closet, he had such serious meditations as this. Now Satan is at my heels to hinder me in my work, if my God help me not. You know, it's interesting that the word wrestle is used and that wrestling is really more of an individual sport. Oh, indeed, there are wrestling teams and the teams will go out and compete together. But when you're on the mat, you're wrestling one-on-one with somebody else. Somebody that is studying you and your moves and wanting to destroy you. Somebody who wants to publicly humiliate you. And that's the word that's used here. Satan would love to go after me and destroy me and destroy all those who love me just by destroying me. You see, the team is on the sidelines and they're cheering and hoping and praying maybe that we're victorious. But in the end, I will either have all the right moves or Satan will destroy me. Now, having all the right moves makes it look like I am somebody who is trusted to defeat Satan when I can't defeat him. But when I listen to God and I do everything that God wants me to do, I have all the right moves. Satan can't touch me. If I am trusting in God, if my faith is in him, then Satan can't get a hold on me. Because my trust isn't in my wisdom, it isn't in my abilities, it's in God Almighty. And God can defeat Satan 100% of the time, and he does. So no matter what is going on in this wrestling match, if I listen to God and I use God's moves, per se, there's no possible way that Satan can beat me. I just need to listen. I don't need to be stronger. I don't need to be smarter. I need to listen. William Grinnell goes on to say, Second, it's a close combat. Armies fight at some distance. Wrestlers grapple hand to hand. An arrow shot from afar may be seen and shunned. But when the enemy hath hold of one, there is no declining. But either he must resist manfully or fall shamefully at his enemy's foot. Satan comes close up and gets within the Christian. 
takes his hold of his very flesh and corrupt nature and by this shakes him. Well, that's pretty interesting. Satan doesn't shoot from a great distance. He's not trying to destroy the whole group. He's trying to destroy me. He's watching me. He knows my moves. He knows my thoughts. He's looking for an opening. Once again, if you've read John Bunyan's book on the Holy War, you realize that he's looking for that ear gate and eye gate and trying to get into our lives. Satan can't just get into our life on his own. We actually have to position ourselves to allow him to get in. Grinnell goes on to say, second, the universality of the combat. We wrestle, comprehends all. On purpose, you may perceive the apostle changes the pronoun ye in, in the former verse to we in this, that he may include himself as well as them, as if he had said, the quarrel is with every saint. Satan neither fears to assault the minister nor despises to wrestle with the meanest saint in the congregation. Great and small, minister and people, all must wrestle. Not one part of Christ's army in the field and the other at ease in their quarters where no enemy comes. Here are enemies enough to engage all at once. Satan does want to engage all of us, but not all at once. He wants to wrestle with us one at a time. He wants to get into our face, know our moves, study us, and humiliate us in front of others. You know, I find that disturbing in one way, and in another way, I find it totally harmless. Oh, in this way, as a child of God, if I listen to God, there is nothing that Satan can do to me. I've said that before. I can actually have all the right moves, all the right things in my life. I can do that if I choose to. If I choose to know God's word and to listen to him, there's no possible way that Satan can harm me. Oh, it's not that he wouldn't be unleashed on me like he was with Job. He might be. But there's no way he can harm me. There's no way he can have the final say. There's no way he can destroy one who walks with God and listens to God. Grinnell says this, Third, the permanency or duration of this combat, and that lies in the tense we wrestle. Not our wrestling was at first conversation, but now over and we pass the pikes. Not we shall wrestle when sickness comes and death comes, but our wrestling is. The enemy is ever inside of us, yea, in a fight with us. There is an evil of every day's temptation, which, like Paul's bonds, abide us to wherever we become, so that these particulars summed up will amount to this point. You see, Satan doesn't care when he attacks us. Sometimes we think that he attacks us when we are sick or poor or in the middle of a disaster. And certainly, that would be a good time to go after us. But those are also times when it's easier for us to look to God to sustain us, to cry out to the Almighty for help, and 
All God has to do is speak on our behalf, and Satan has to leave. I think that Satan likes wrestling us when we least expect it. If I'm walking down the street sometime and somebody all of a sudden jumps behind me because I'm unsuspecting and wrestles me down to the ground and pins me, it would be kind of easy for them to do because I'm not suspecting them to do that. I need to understand that Satan is watching me 24-7 and he would love to take me down and love me to be unsuspecting. When I get up in the morning, I need to realize that he's trying to go after me, that he's watching for that one and perfect opportunity to destroy me in public, to humiliate me and to humiliate all the angels that are watching, to be able to point to me as a disaster that God loves. On the positive side, Jesus is there as my advocate. He died for me. He paid for my sins. My sins, past, present, and future, will not be held against me as far as being in the family of God. But it's not a pleasant thought to think that Satan would like to destroy me and destroy me in public. And I do know that he is stronger than me. And as I have said on many programs, he's older than me and he's smarter than me. But Satan doesn't love me, so I can't trust him. For God is older than me and smarter than me, and he loves me, I can trust him. And I need to be one who comes to God and listens to him, and that alone will be my strength. I will have no other strength. My physical endurance is not my strength. I'm older, and I don't have that endurance I even once had. My mind is not my strength. For there can be times where I'm not thinking clearly, where I have brain fog, or I forget what I did yesterday. My strength lies in the fact that I know who God is, and I can listen to God. No matter what else I do in life, I can listen to him. And as if I listen to him, I'll be fine. William Grinnell goes on to say the doctrine here is, the Christian's life is a continual wrestling. He is, as Jeremiah said of himself, born a man of strife. Or what the prophet said to Asa, may be said to every Christian, from hence thou shalt have wars, from thy spiritual birth to thy natural death, from the hour when thou first didst set thy face to heaven, till thou shalt set thy foot in heaven. Israel's march out of Egypt was, in a gospel sense, our taking the field against sin and Satan. And when had they peace? not till they lodged in their colors in Canaan. No condition wherein the Christian is here below is quiet. You know, sometimes we just want peace and we want quiet, but it's not available. We have to understand that the world in which you and I live is a war zone. And this war zone is real and it's dangerous and it's tough for us to live in a victorious way. Once again, it's not impossible to live victoriously. But God made it easy. He didn't make it dependent upon me. He made it dependent upon himself. Why is that hard for us to grab the idea that we need to walk with God and be so intimately close to him? That it is God that does all our fighting for us. I have no possible way to lose the wrestling match 
if God is going to be the one that's actually fighting for me, if I'm listening to everything he says and doing everything he says. See, my goal in life needs to be to know God and to listen to what he says once I know him. And you can have that goal too. In order to get to know God, all you got to do is open up the Bible and read it. You, you need to spend time with him so that you know who he is. And as you know him, you'll trust him. There certainly is a doctrine of warfare that's going on. The thing I don't understand is how many of us forget about it. And because we forget about it, we're easy prey. We're not really excited about who God is, and we're not really excited about listening to him. So we're really easy to get. Not only that, if I were in a war zone, I wouldn't want to be investing in the war zone because there's a war going on. If I'm actually fighting in a war zone, I have one thought in my head. I want to win this war and go home. I don't want to keep fighting for eternity. And yet that's what I see in the scriptures, that we are fighting now, but we're not going to fight for eternity. That one day this fight will be over and God will be victorious and all those who fought with him will be able to be at rest with him for eternity. The life that we live right now, the many years that he gives us on this planet, are just that. There are many years that will go and come and leave. And in that process, we will fight the whole time we're here. To not see that makes us lose the fight. Faith is what we need to win this battle, and faith comes from hearing the Word of God and knowing what God says and listening to Him. That's my choice. If you haven't thought about the war recently, it doesn't mean you're not in it. It means you're probably irrelevant in it. Oh, it's not that you need to be fearful of the war. Nobody has to like war. Nobody has to like the fact that you're being wrestled by the evil one. But you are at war. And that's why we cling to God. That's why we know God and walk with him and want to know him. That's why we work at getting young people to know who God is. In the book of Nehemiah, we did see how there are times where we have to pick up the trowel and repair the wall, and we have to have a sword in a hand at the same time, and it seems hard, and that's what we've talked about in the past. But nobody said that doing what's right is going to be easy, and there's nothing that has ever said that living life on this earth, which is bruised by sin, is going to be easy. The Christian needs his sword as much as he needs his trowel. Sometimes we think we just need to finish the job God's given us to do, build the wall that we're supposed to build, and we just want to use the trowel, but we also need a sword. William Grinnell says, He wrestles with the body of flesh. This to the Christian in duty is as the beast to the traveler. He cannot go his journey without it, and much ado to go with it. If it's the flesh, be kept high in the lusty when it is wanton and not obey. If low, then it is weak and soon tires. Thus the Christian rids but little ground because he must go his weak body's pace. He wrestles with a body of sin as well as flesh. This mutters and murmurs when the soul is taking up any duty, 
so that he cannot do what he would. You know, this wrestling match is not just against Satan. It's really against the whole body of sin. My body would love to do things it shouldn't do. It loves to be lazy and unproductive. It loves to eat things it shouldn't eat. It seems like envy is easy. Hatred comes pretty easy. You see, I need to continually stay in God's Word to understand how difficult and how awful these things really are and what they do to us. God did not create me to be somebody who's envious. If I truly love people when they have something that's really good in their life, I'm thrilled for them that they have it. I'm excited for the fact that they have something good. I'm not jealous or envious. I'm happy for them. If I don't love them, if I just love myself, then I'm envious, thinking, why do they have it and I don't? Why can they enjoy something and I can't? So many times what I'm thinking of others tells me what I'm thinking of God. God created me. When I was in my mother's womb, he knew what I, who I was and what I was going to be. He not only created me, he's given me every opportunity in life to serve him and give to him and be a part of what he's doing. He doesn't need me to do any of this, but he's given me opportunity to be a part of what he's doing, and I'm excited to be able to do that. When I start looking at what other people have, I start to actually be telling God that I'm not pleased with what he has given me. I don't say it that way because it's not acceptable. I don't want him to think I'm not grateful, but yet he knows my heart. He knows that I'm not grateful. See, I wrestle against my own flesh and blood. Satan doesn't have to go far to get me when I do that. He doesn't even need to show up. He just lets me destroy myself. There are times where destroying myself seems like the thing I'm doing. Satan has nothing to do with it. When I played football many years ago, and this was many years ago in high school, I actually played on the offensive line. And we had plays where we just took the person where they're going because that was the easiest thing to do. The quarterback would take the ball and kind of hold it and hand it to a running back or just watch. And the person I'm supposed to block, I waited for them to start moving somewhere. And as they moved, I just kept them going in that same direction. I forget what we called that play, but it was the easiest play we did. I just had to find out where the momentum was, and I just kept pushing them in that direction. It was so easy. I looked like I really knew what I was doing by the end of that one. I imagine Satan looks at me the same way. There are times where I think he's attacking, but he's not. I'm just going a direction, and he's just getting out of the way and helping me go that direction. It could be greed. It could be lust. It could be pride. It could be being short-tempered. It could just be being ticked that the world doesn't revolve around me, that God isn't giving me what I want, so I'm upset. See, there are so many things in my life that Satan could look at and say, you know, I just want to let you keep doing this and thinking this way, and you'll destroy yourself. I can't blame Satan for that in the wrestling match. I think the only time he starts to really fight is when I start to think like God thinks. 
when I actually begin to love my neighbor, care for him, want to do what's right. Kind of like the Good Samaritan, how that's described in the Bible as, this is your neighbor, anybody that needs help. When you think about that, the people who are supposed to know that they should help didn't. The, quote, religious people seemed to stay away from this Samaritan that was beaten up on the side of the highway. But not the Samaritan who came. He took that person that was beat up and took care of him, brought him to a place, paid the bill. He didn't know who this person even was. But Jesus used this story to talk about what love really is what it is to be a neighbor to somebody else. Going out of your way to make sure that their needs are met and you don't even know who they are. You don't even know why they're in trouble. But you've taken care of them. Those are the kinds of things that Satan notices and goes after. The people that went around them because they were too religious or something to go and help. Satan didn't have to bother them. They were taking themselves right out of the play. Once again, when I played football and somebody was taking themselves out of the play, you could ignore them eventually. They were worthless. You know, the guys that got really blocked were the ones that understood what was happening and they tried to break the play up. If the person I was blocking understood where that ball was going, and started to try and get in the way, then I have a different job to do. I have to show up with a vengeance. I have to go after that person and keep him away from the ball carrier at all costs. That's really how Satan operates. When you and I are walking with God and loving God, there's a peace that passes understanding that's in our heart. But there's also a war on the outside that's raging. A wrestling match between myself and Satan that gets ugly, where he wants to embarrass me, where he wants to go after my weaknesses and exploit them. And if it doesn't work with me, he'll do someone that I love in their life and destroy them so that my mind is taken up with that. Satan wants to destroy. He's just watching. And the more I'm in the middle of the play, the more he's going to go after me. But if I'm running to the outside, no, he'll leave me alone, and he'll leave you alone too. You might be saying that you haven't really seen this wrestling match, that life for you is pretty good, you're pretty comfortable. You're enjoying the way life is right now and all of the many blessings that you enjoy. Well, I'm not saying that you should try and get uncomfortable, but I would ask if you're in the game at all. You see, the guys that actually played the game, they usually got their uniforms dirty. So you knew the guys that had their uniforms all full of mud and blood, and you knew they played. When they came in and sweat dripped off their brow, their clothes were dirty. They were injured in certain ways, you knew that they gave their all on the battlefield. Those are the ones you wanted to go to war with. Those are the ones you wanted to fight with because they were experienced at what the fight was all about. By the end of the game, those with clean uniforms 
was nice to have them around. You might have needed them if somebody got hurt and they had to leave the game, but most of them didn't play at all, so they didn't contribute to the victory. You see, the goal in playing the game of football is not to end up with a clean uniform. It's to end up with the victory. And the byproduct of being a part of that victory is a dirty uniform. So in your life, are you trying to keep your uniform clean? Are you trying to stay away from the disasters of life? There's no way to do that. You're in a wrestling match with the evil one. He's studying your moves. The only defense is to know God and to listen to him and to do exactly what God says. And you'll be sweaty and dirty at the end, but you'll win. Well, thanks for listening. I'm Dave Wager here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. Good night for now. Thank you.